This is Resist and Renew. The UK-based podcast about social movements. What we're fighting for, why, and how it all happens. The hosts of the show are... Me, Kat. Uh, me, Sammy. And me, Ali. I'm recording this now, baby. Shit, it's a podcast! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Resist and Renew podcast. Today we're joined by Dorothy Spencer and Dee Hunter from the Classwork Project. It's really great to have you both. Um, Dorothy is an editor at Lump and Journal and member of the Classwork Project. She was born in London and has a background in community and mental health work. Her first book of poetry was published this year with Lump and Publishing titled See What Life Is Like. And Dee is an ageing Chav and anarchist-inspired community worker. He is the author of two books, Chav Solidarity and Tracksuits, Traumas and Class Traitors, Autoethnographic Examination of Poverty, Trauma, Community Organising and Social Movements. He is a member of the Classwork Project Workers Co-op and watches too much football. Great to have you both. Welcome. Thanks for having us. Um, so first question um, is, what's the context that you're organising in and why did you choose to focus on this? I, um, so I said I'd take this one. Um, not that you gave us the question in advance <laughs> at all. Um, so I guess there's two contexts it's probably worth talking about first. Um, I'll take the bigger one first, which is, you know, the the global class, global and national class systems, which we're all like, anyone who's listening to this exists within, um, which I guess this is a tricky thing on one of the parts where, uh, like, as a co-op, we're still having conversations about, but we also have these conversations with the writers and, you know, people who write for Lumpen, they participate in that conversation. But I suppose it is like, what's the analysis of class? Uh, There's definitely, like, some hard and fast dogma going around out there of people saying this is what a class analysis is in fact um i think we remember one twitter tweet response not so long ago when we were publicizing it was do they use class analysis as if it's a singular thing um but what we have is like different competing analysis analyses um and i guess that's part of the context we're looking at like are we thinking about class as purely this like relationship to production um like you're a working class if you don't own the means of it. You're the owning class if you do. That's one analysis. That's fine. It's useful in some contexts. Um, I don't think any of us who are part of class works think that's the whole and simple answer to it. There's also the, like the relational aspect of you know how class um, is lived, um, how class um, impacts our inter- interactions with the social world and the cultural world. Um, I think some of us. Well, no, I think everyone in the class works again, pays a little bit more attention to that analysis. Um, but fundamentally, like it, I think Nancy Fraser talks about like the recognition versus the redistribution. And I guess those two analyses kind of fit roughly along that and that kind of paradigm. Um, and whilst, whilst we probably spend more time within Lump and particularly the journal and the workshops thinking about the recognition, but we also like we do yeah, we've, we've literally got a redistribution project going, or we had a redistribution project, so we also think a lot about that. But this, but whatever this analysis an individual might have, um, they are living in a class society, um, and the class society has like global and national dimensions to it, um, which you know have a level of like 
is the best way to think about it, have similarities and are interlocked, but also like uh, exist in, a, in their own discrete ways. Like the UK has a very particular class um, context because of like the, the cultural dimension of his, historically how it's been shaped, um, the the birth of the middle. So I'm using inverted, I'm using speech marks because I'm on camera, but people listening to this can't see that. But I am doing quote marks. The middle class, like the creation of the middle class, slowly over time, and what that might mean. Does it actually exist, or whether it's just a label? Um, but for most of the point is, it's it's part of that conversation. Um, there's in the sort of like eighties, eighties and nineties, there was like this a uh, big push for like, oh, we live in a classless society. Um, which I guess for me, I like um, as a writer um, called whose name is just gone, Stephanie Lawler, who says that class is really about is like when we talk about class, we, the real question we're talking about is like inequality, whether it's economic, social, or cultural inequality. Class is like the 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 weights, the the gamut we hold that in, the the mitt we hold that in. Uh, that, hold that question in. So the idea that we live in a classless society would suggest we live in, a, in an equal society, which is like, um, I've not met anyone who thinks we do, um, but maybe they're out there. Um, and if they do, they're on the same kind of drugs I was on not so long ago. Because um, we, we live in an incredibly unequal society in many ways. And that kind of brings me into like the second part. So that was like the national and social, but there's a national, <coughs> international, but there's also the question of within our social movements <coughs> and participation and how those social movements are formed. And I feel like we spent, particularly with the workshops, um, we spend a lot of time trying to think about how is how does class manifest itself within these social movements? Um, I think a lot of people like to talk about, oh, yeah, it's, it's about cultural behaviours, um, you know, working class people like speak loudly and shout and are passionate and middle class people are deeply repressed and really organized um and i you know that they may that my rep may represent some people but i don't think any of um working class middle class any class position doesn't within it hold like set characteristics set personality traits you know, it's a bag of bullshit. But what they do have is, like, they represent different different levels of power. Um, within our workshops, we talk, we use the sort of body formation of like social, economic, and cultural capital, and like the different levels of that. Um, and I think that gives us like a a better barometer when we're like working on like how class is reproduced and how class manifests itself within our social movements. Um, I think a lot of the when we when so so the workshops that we do um, started when myself and Shan, who's a, another member, were invited to do one up in Scotland uh, two or three years ago, and like we were both people from different parts of the working class. Um, Shan's a blue collar Canadian, I'm like trashy English underclass, um, and we both like entered into social movements and been faced with this like level of people with these resources and social capital that we hadn't 
come close to in in our lives so far like were quite weird and unusual and we were both like had spent a decade within those social movements like responding to that was like different levels of like anger and fury and sadness and bitterness and all that so we thought you know so we tried to like unpack some of that within the workshops and found more and more that there were people um, from different parts of the working class who were feeling the same who had been responding the same to this like incredibly unequal like distribution just within a segment of the population that is uh, works towards social injustice or um, whatever however you want to think about it and these social movements for us had like become these spaces where um very similar class class dynamics played out as they did in like academic spheres or in um engagements with different state apparatus in which people who had resources, who had capital, were able to make decisions and make choices and um, have control and power within um, social movement spaces that those without those resources and those capitals were unable to do. So this, the, the workshops try, have tried to unpick that. Um, but, you know, we've only done a handful of them. We haven't done that many so far, so they've had very little shift in the, the t social movement terrain. So that's that situation remains within social movements. Um, at the same time, like we have within social movements, like a level of critical re reflexivity about different other um, social characteristics or social identities. I know there'll be some people listening up who are going, but class isn't a social identity, and that's for that that can be debated. I'm not sure I'm convinced either way. Mm. Um, um, I recognise the tension there referring to class as a social identity, but there are other social identities, gender and race being um, two that maybe are most familiar with folks. <clears throat> and we also have to think about how gender and race interacts with class and class interacts with gender and race. Um, and this is, for us, it's an ongoing conversation. It's, it's like bringing this stuff up and trying to do it sensitively and delicately because what we have at the moment is incredibly like binary and di um, diversive divisive um, conversations which like are completely unhelpful like the the level of f frustration i have with the identity identity politics in scare quotes uh, versus the class productionists in scare quotes and that, that kind of like hostility towards each of those yeah i don't have much time for that but we can we can do better in fact being in social movements we should be trying to do better around that stuff because it is it's yeah it can be it's incredibly personal um but it's incredibly political and we like we need to like weave ourselves delicately through the different threads mm. um that's all from me on that which is probably like a week too long no that was great thank you for starting us off and giving us that framework for the two different areas of like a, a class analysis in the national international setting and trying to like it's incredibly complex and trying to like draw out some of the different strands of that it was really helpful for me to hear and yeah really helpful to hear like your experiences a little bit and like frustrations with like social movements and class and like I think that's a really common thing to hear and I'm really interested to hear more about like what your hopes are of trying to change that and like how workshops are part of that so I guess that leads on to like the second question we have which is like what is what is the classwork project about and what's it trying to do at the moment um well it's about class in case you've missed <laughs> that um 
particularly, I mean, Dee's talked just then quite a bit about like a class analysis. Um, so it is about, there is a that aspect of it, thinking about um, different ways of viewing class and the way we're organised around class in our societies. Um, I guess that the, the work that we do focuses a bit more on an individual level, on encouraging people to examine how their own lives have been shaped by their class position, um, whether that's like the education they've had or their work or their relationships or the way they're treated by the state or what they eat, like all of all of the things that make up the experience that we have of the world um, and creating spaces for people to talk about those experiences, their class experience in the world um, and particularly spaces for poor and working class people to speak about that. Um, and through doing that, I guess a lot of it is about recognition and being able to share with other people um, who have similar experiences. Um, I think there can be quite a lot of blindness, like you can be participating in a in like a social movement or an activist group or whatever and never really get to know much about someone's class background. So the workshops give people an opportunity to kind of recognise each other and in that sense. Um, but alongside the experience that working class and poor people might have of workshops, there's also like getting middle class people or people who own stuff to understand what benefits they've gained through their class position. Um, and not just like recognise and go, oh yeah, like that's what's happened to me, but recognise it and then also take some kind of action on that, whether that's like giving some money away or um, doing some, I don't know, work of some sort um, to try and redistribute other forms of capital if it's not financial ones. Um, and I guess all of this is about not just not just like making, you know, working class people feel better and making middle class people feel worse, but about like making, trying to work towards a place where we can understand each other and therefore um, mobilize towards social change in a more effective way that people feel more understood. Um, so yeah, I guess we, that, that's, our, that's our approach and we, we kind of have different tactics to those aims and one is the workshop which Dee can talk better about than me because I haven't been so involved in that and then we have the journal which is um a, you know a space that's less embodied for people to write about their experiences and their frustrations and their hopes and yeah all that kind of stuff. I guess I have like a, a little follow-up question around like in these work I guess it's about the workshops so maybe D wants to speak to it but either of you can I'm just like I guess I'm curious about like how you visualize these things that show up like these dynamics which are always going on and probably the people who are in more middle class positions are like probably oblivious to them and like how you how you visualize it and what you are looking to for the for the outcome to be of like visualizing and shifting something like how i guess it's about power is what i'm guessing but like 
yeah, what do you see it as? Do you want us to take that, Doc? Yes, please. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so with the workshops, like Doc said, it's like, it's not an attempt just to make uh, folk feel like shit or guilty or any of that stuff. Um, although we recognise that um, that might be a byproduct because, like, um, a lot of, you know, people harbour a lot of, like, uh, personal stresses and strains around this stuff um lots of denial lots of um i mean i think to a, to a degree anyone involved in social movements carries a level of like responsibility for their own behavior um and responsibility for their community's behavior and things like that um and we are trained to individualize this deeply um and one of you know you know i'm a lapsed catholic um so guilt is part of my uh birthright um that might not be the same with everyone in the social movements but you know the rest of many of you've got like the the protestant stuff um going as well and obviously other religions carry their own baggage as well um but if we can't blame it all on religions anyway uh i guess my point is like we're conscious like people may feel a certain way but that's not our purpose the purpose is to bring some of this stuff out into the open a little bit um, and I've talked a little bit earlier about the kind of different forms of capital. So rather than going, you are middle class, live with it. Um, it's about people recognising what resources and accesses and, um, I guess, um, personal traits that they've accumulated over time, um, which enable them to enter into certain spaces and, and have their voice heard in social spaces. Um, for those people who are listening, like I'm a white guy uh, and both of those factors about me impact my ability to enter into spaces, um, especially spaces that have been um, for long periods of time dominated by white guys. Um, even if, you know, the fact that they were dominated by white guys 100 years ago still has an impact now because that history takes time to shift. And the same goes for the class positions. So I find it. I did find it for a long time difficult to enter into those spaces because of like coming from essentially the underclass. Um, so I had the white white guy and the underclass battling for like supremacy. But uh, so, you know, a white guy from a more middle class background, yes, they may have like anxiety and various other social personal like um, uh, stresses and strains that they need to go through. But the space itself is made and has been shaped for people with uh, i'm going to do like theoretical quoting i don't want to but like uh like what border calls a habitus like the like the 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 milieu the description of the setting the 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 way people are allowed to speak the the things that are valued um the individual performance that is rec recognized and given like um uh uh given given us given acceptance given recognition um so when we do the workshops like we want people to like you know just take a little bit of like uh stock of where they're coming at it from in that uh, into these spaces what are they bringing like and on all these different on social levels and cultural levels and then economic levels and that people who come to the who come to the workshops even those from background similar to mine or you know um 
people who are not racialized or gendered in the same way I am, but come from economically similar backgrounds, they'll still have things on their list where they, which they've got, which is social capital, cultural capital. We all do. Like it's one of the things you get when you live in one of the historically richest and most powerful countries in the world. We carry some of that with us. But there are those who are going to have so much more. Um, and like I'm quite keen, I'm quite fond of the saying like I want the communists to do, communists to do communism, like amongst ourselves. Like yes, we, we are not able to shift the state into you know whatever your political persuasion is, socialist, communist, uh, anarchist, utopia, just yeah. But we can behave that way amongst ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, like there is no reason for us to be having a social movement where one person has you know hundreds of thousands millions of pounds in the bank in some cases and other people in the same social movements who have nothing and like nothing saved them no reason no economic resources are struggling with housing issues and yet these two people are supposed to enter into the space on the same page um i mean that smells like bullshit to me but that's how it's been like you know when i was first entering into social movements none of that conversation was happening because Primarily because a lot of the folk in it, not all of them, but a lot of them came from very similar places. You know, they, many were white, many were like post, had just graduated university or were still at university, usually like a red brick university, like a, many had been to private school. Most had done well at school. Like, um, and then, so that all creates a certain culture, that creates a, social, a certain way of doing things. And that, and to, have experienced that suggests not and again not always the case but quite often do you have resources in your in your family or resources of your own that that those resources not being shared on any level not being collectivized not even being thought of in those ways in fact just being made as invisible as possible speaks to the lack of integrity of those social movements um so for us the workshops is about bringing some of that forward and but first, to get to that place where we, sh- you know, are actually doing communism amongst the communists, like we have to like go through that really difficult bit of unpacking the truths, like what what is going on, what what are the hostilities and tensions and aggravations we hold with one another, what are the ways in which we we carry bitterness and resentment around this stuff. Um, so the workshops are in part a little bit like give a bit of room to express some of that, at least start touching upon it. We're very careful not to like just throw, go, oh, you're from working class. You're from like borderline, like owning class. Go and have a chat. <laughs> like we spend a lot of time um, putting pe- people talking to pe- with pe- others who are in a similar boat so they can get used to talking about things honestly with people who will have already have uh, recognition for that experience. Um, and then over the weekend, you know, we bring people to bring those different like um we call we call yeah we call them capital caucuses so we have cap, um capital light caucus and then we have like mediocre capital <laughs> caucus and then we have like too much capital caucus um but we start bringing them together and start like sharing a bit of information and a bit of knowledge and they're definitely like there are definitely sessions over the weekend when we do the full two-day one where those tensions can become quite unmanageable for people and people become upset and become distressed um, and hopefully we hold that. I think for the most part, we've held that relatively well and supported those people through that, no matter what background they come from. Because, you know, we don't really want like uh, 
someone from an owning class or a middle class to come along and just have a utterly terrible time and leave feeling really guilty because all that the guilt will do is ram up their block their ability to do anything with it because they're like well i can't fucking do anything I, apparently I, whatever i do is shit um you know that's a problematic response but it's also an understandable response um so the workshops like yeah try and build some of that as a into it one of the ways in which we visualize it is um we've only done that how many times we've done this two or three times i can't yeah where we have an exercise where we have like 200 jelly beans each jelly bean represents like five grand we find out what people have in their savings accounts and bank accounts and visualize that through jelly beans have the four different caucuses and each time we have one one um jar at one end which is brimming over with these five grand jelly beans like hundred it's never been less than a couple of million pounds and then at the other end we have a container of the the poorest group in the thing where there's two jelly beans and and then we have two in the middle which are you know different levels like but it becomes that's one of the ways in which it's become incredibly stark for people um it sounds goofy as fuck um i'm well aware of that <laughs> uh, but it's one of for me um when that's happened when we've done that in the workshops it's been one of the light bulb moments for folk when they've seen uh oh yeah the i didn't realize you know i just assumed everyone else had 15 20 30 grand in the bank account because that's you know how people do On that Robin Hood, but I ain't a prince of thieves Just another set of feet up on the ground of centipedes Running through these streets with energy of venison Before it's in your dinner plate, but once it's in your weapon Check it, we on that life or death, fight or flight instinct No, it's now and never for the hood, so we insane Wait till we get organized and swarm up on us All the guys who made a buck and never gave a fuck about the poorest lives Now we fortified, always rolling deep in the street So they never catch a single like a 45 This a long player, down for the long haul in it Till we win it, so is you gon' play a long player? This a warning shot, this is not a song player On that fixed speed, quickly say a long prayer Cause to stick around ain't good for your health You could call it theft, we call it redistributing wealth Oh! Thanks, D. Um, yeah, it's really great hearing about the workshops And I definitely want to try and get to one When we're allowed to meet in person again Sounds really good um, it'd also be really good to hear a bit more about Lumpen um, and what you're doing with the journal at the moment. And I think, Dot, if you wanted to maybe share a bit on that, that would be great to hear. Yeah, sure. So we are now putting together the fifth issue um, and it's quarterly. So that that marks our, um, our publishing it for over a year now. Um, and I think it's, I think it's changed and it's and people have got more confident in sending us work and trusting us with um, their writing and it's we take it's just open submission so anyone can send anything to us and people self-identify as working class or poor um, so that's up to them that they have their own um, way of identifying that and um, then we go through all the submissions that we've got and um, choose what we think is good to be published. We don't ever really turn stuff away unless it's got some like nasty stuff in it. If it's like racist or sexist or whatever, 
we're obviously not interested in publishing that but we will try and work with the people we try and have a conversation about why we don't want to publish what they've written which I think is important and that we're trying to have a really different relationship with the people we work with um, compared to what a normal like magazine or publishing enterprise would have um, so we try and try and have quite a like a collaborative relationship with the people who write for us um, we're interested in working with people who maybe don't feel really confident about their writing or like their grammatical ability or like being readable or being academic um, and if people have something that they want to talk about or say then we're really interested in helping them to do that whether that's like transcribing stuff from people talking or just trying to help people better communicate their ideas um, so yeah we put and we publish everything from like poetry to fiction and um we get a lot of um what's the word like uh, basically a posher word for a rant we get a lot of um what is that word polemic yeah we get a lot of polemics we get quite a lot of polemics from angry men angry working class men which is kind of a accurate mirror to what you would expect you would get um from from putting a call out to working class people to write because those men tend to be more confident in sending work. So that's something that we've been dealing with, um, trying to get a fairer representation in the journal um, of different points of view from across um, across people who are working class. Um, and we've just started doing books as well. Um, so well, we've, we've got both of these books on lump and publishing, and then we've started doing chat books which are designed to be small kind of introductions to writers that we think are interesting or promising or have good good stuff to say. Um, mine was the first one. Um, and that will be an ongoing bit of work for us, which I'm really excited about. Um, I guess when we're talking about like different forms of capital that you'd have, um, one of those forms is social capital. And that's quite often a form of capital that's used very effectively in getting um, like cultural production stuff done. So like quite often to get a book published, you need to know someone somewhere. Um, so it's kind of about readdressing that. And also, I mean, it's something I think about a lot. I'm not sure that everyone else in the co-op does as much, but um, terms of like working class cultural production particularly like writing and poetry because I'm I write poetry and I'm interested in it um that it's has been a very strong tradition in the past and it's been a very strong tradition in like social movements like you'd get a lot of like um a lot of social movements would have like songs and poems um and there was always a big musical tradition within working class poetry. And I guess you can still see that now in like road rap, like, I don't know if you know, like Pot of Paper, like these kind of artists to me are like working class poets. Um, but I feel like within the, within the kind of um, like recognized cultural production of poetry, like what Arts Council would call poetry, we don't have a good representation of working class poets um, or writers. So 
yeah, that's an, that's another part of recognition um, of class position. Yeah, I think that's it for Lumpen. Cool. Congratulations on being the first book to be published on this Thank series. You. That's, that's really great. Um, yeah, so I guess the the next bit we wanted to well, hear about is like how you organize. And I guess you said that it's a co-op and I'd like to know how, how you're all being coming <laughs> as well. <And laughs> how does that, how do you do, how do you do these things together and with this like recognition in mind? Um, do you want to start on that dot? Yeah, I think I can start we can both tip in. Um, well, yeah, obviously we, we don't work in a hierarchy. Um, so we try and be in some way prefigurative about what we're doing. Um, we, yeah, we, we register the co-op. Um, we pay, well, we don't, we're not all paid. Me and myself and Hannah are paid. Um, we would like to get to a position where we could pay all of the members. Um, and we're quite, it's quite important to us that we pay all our writers for their work. So I think there's something about the way we value people's labor and people's time, which is important. Um, I think trying to recognize like power dynamics that emerge because naturally they do emerge, like thinking that we can, just because we've read some marks or whatever, that we can start acting in a non-capitalist way all the time. There's, silly so yeah trying to recognize those things playing out within us and within our relationships with each other and recognize the sort of like liberal bullshit that might creep in from time to time because liberalism has a tendency to do that um and also being like understanding and flexible in what we expect of each other like with the pandemic um that brought up loads of shit in my family and um, people in my family died and yeah, it was a rough time. And, and so it was good to be part of a co-op where I wasn't going to get sacked if I didn't do any work for a couple of months. Um, and I guess that's also more important when you're working with a group of people who come from working class backgrounds because they're more likely to face to have trauma in their lives and have particular sort of experiences of the world that might make them hard, might make it harder for them to work in a in the way that's expected. Um, I'll add a couple of things, or just expand a couple of them. Yeah, with the um, the payment sort of, we have the yeah, we, we most of us have experiences of uh, working class labour being undervalued and underappreciated and that being like as horrific as it is in everyday life um that being uh that i was gonna say trebled or doubled in social movements but maybe it's not as bad maybe it just becomes more hypocritical in social movements um where there's a yeah again that pretense that we're all on the same footing um when actually in actual fact you know some of us are doing a variety of forms of care work with people in, in the communities we come from, um, which is entirely unrecognised. Um, some of us are having to hold down like me, menial part-time jobs, not because it's a lifestyle choice, but because that's just what we've been 
trained to do. And we may have like various financial obligations to members of our family or people, other people who's in our community, but we still have to like participate in the social movements under the pretense that uh, we're all on equal footing. So ensuring that those of us who work on the classwork project and those who participate through their writing um, get a tokenistic at the moment um, amount of like uh, financial compensation is pretty important. Uh, I think it's also worth pointing out that the decisions around who gets paid and how much they get paid within the co-op is done on like the position, the financial positions people are in at the time, rather than the quantity of work they are doing. Um, it's like, yeah, for various reasons, two of us in the co-op didn't don't necessarily need a stable income coming from the co-op, so we don't get paid for it. Um, and were, were those um, those situations to change, then the co-op stru structure around payment would change. Um, we're also not we don't like go. This person has to do X amount of hours this week. They have to clock in and clock out. Otherwise, they're not getting their wage. Um, no, you know, we made an agreement. That people would get paid a certain amount for the next year, for as long as we had the funding, and then would re and readdress when we needed to. Um, from my experience, that's pretty. Un that's quite different from a lot of how <laughs> how a lot of uh, social movement organisations with finances um, or with workers function. Uh, hopefully, that's changing because I hear I hear from different people it is. Um, yeah, then with a the dynamic saying like, as my dots bang on like what. However much we've read, however much we've thought of, however many like pot how many workshops we've attended with that class, <laughs> we're still going to reproduce some of this shit. Um, like whether it's along gen gender or age or like length of time within the organisation, like these hierarchies can pop up. They can also pop up based upon like pre-existing friendships and relationships, um, and how um, uh, information travels within them. So we've had to like we had a, a little getaway about was it September where the first time all four of us were like met up together and we spent the weekend like trying to unpick and unpack some of the ways in which we'd been working and some of the problems and how we'd address them going forward and that's just a work in progress and it has to, but it has to be like a fundamental work in progress it has to be like key to what we're doing um, and we will fail and we will have to address it when we fail um, but I think as long as we yeah I feel like we do quite well is like acknowledging that at the very least. Thanks for sharing about that. That's really great to hear about the different ways you work. Like the unpicking of all that stuff ongoing is really sounds really important and to recognize that it's like always ongoing. Yeah, that feels like it's uh, given the recognition it needs and equally like what you brought up around like trauma and like how COVID is like particularly impacting you, but like on a class like is going to impact people from working class backgrounds as well. I think that's really like great that you're able to bring that up and thanks for sharing that. Um, Kat, should I pass to you for the last question? Um, yeah, I guess I just want to acknowledge as well that you've been shaping this podcast already. Like so far up to this point, we've only had one person on from each group. Um, and so the invitation to have both of you 
on, I think has just made it a much better conversation hearing multiple voices uh, from the collective or from the co-op um, has been really great. And thank you for bringing that. And I think it will shape how we go forward with interviews. Um, so, yeah, just wanting to acknowledge the way you're sharing power um, as well in terms of who gets to speak. Um, and yeah, just wanting to acknowledge that. Um, so the last question we've got is, um, I'm sure that a lot of our listeners will have been inspired by a lot of the things that they've heard you talking about. Um, and we're just wondering where we could signpost people to, what could they do next? Um, if they want to find out more about Classworks or Lumpen or uh, the workshops that you've been talking about. Yeah, well, this, this is that easy bit because people can just, <laughs> it's easy to answer. So I'll do it. Um, you can give people some money. You can give people in your community money or like try and find out um, if you're involved in social movements or whatever. Try and be more aware of people's social backgrounds and what they might need. Um, I think just like try and, I think it's, there's so many ideas about wealth and inherited wealth um, that are so ingrained that I'd encourage people to like challenge and try and shift the way they think about what they have and why they deserve it and why it why we have kind of possessive like individual ownership and what that means and how how that could be treated differently um, and then you can buy our books and buy our journal. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, just go go on your go on our website and have a little shop, I guess. Um, <laughs> these new books is out. My book's out. The new issue of Lumpen will be out. We're particularly reliant on subscriptions. So if you are able to do subscriptions and we have solidarity subscriptions, that's really useful. Um, and yeah, if you're from a poor and working class background and you and you like writing or you don't like writing, you never tried it before, but you've got shit to say, then get in touch with us and we're super flexible about how we work with people. Yeah, Dee? Um, so yeah, with the workshops, I suppose it's obviously, we, well not obviously, we haven't done, we had a couple lined up just before pandemic and lockdown um, began. And they got cancelled because of, you know, because they did. Um, and we've been very hesitant about moving online with them just because they're such they're quite personal and embodied workshops. Um, that said, we're starting to develop um, a methodology and practice around um, doing work, doing some of this work in small groups um, with groups who are like working with each other on long term projects. Um, so if people are interested in that, they should definitely email us. Um, uh, at info at theclasswork.project.com um, but even if you just want to go or we'd like you to do a workshop in our city once all this ends um, the pandemic not the world um, <laughs> then drop us a line the same place um, and we'll try and work something out um, similarly we're keen to work we are keen more keen to be honest at the moment to work with organizations or networks who are doing ongoing practice with each other you can also set up a direct um a pay making a paypal payment to us um if you don't if you've already got all our books and still think we should be supported <laughs> funded because we are struggling with finances at present um if you're not following us on social media or on twitter or facebook you should do because and spread the word about the stuff we're doing um and yeah, I guess the direct participation for the journal, like yeah, 
even if you've never, like Dot said, like people who haven't written before but have got something they want to get off their chest, like we're very up for being like supporting people through that through their first sort of writing experience. Um, so even if you've just got a kernel of idea and you want to put a bit of support with it, get in contact. Um, and yeah, so we were doing this redistribution project for what was it? Two months so at the start of uh, the pandemic, uh, which happened ad hoc. Um, I won't, don't know how much detail to go in, into, but uh, it got started because some people got in contact with us saying we're, we're in dire straits, we're in this situation, uh, we need some money. And then at the same time, random people who part, either participated in workshops or knew of the other stuff we've been doing got in contact saying, oh, do you know anyone who needs 50 grand? And we're like, yeah, <laughs> someone just called about that. <laughs> um, so we ended up doing a bit of a redistribution project where like, people who had lump sums anywhere ranging from like a couple of hundred to um, 60 or 70,000 were sending it to us. And we were distributing it around uh, several hundred different people, uh, many from like pre-existing networks. So not, not always within social movements, but sometimes quite often it was just like the communities we'd previously done work in. Um, we're not sure where we're going to, we've ended that and we're not sure where we're going to go with it, but it's worth noting that there were several of these kind of, more localized projects that are coming stepping up at the moment um i'm sure there's a list somewhere um but you should probably keep an eye out for that kind of thing and try and support them where you can um because hopefully when when things are like this or like that are like directly in the community directly on the ground they actually reach the people who need it the most um and they rely less upon like um long yeah long-term relationships of people may have built up in the past um like we never wanted to make a centralized thing to do it we think it works back much better in person in the community so look around for them maybe uh resistant renew we've already got a list of the groups doing that i don't know i haven't got a list um so yeah that that's about it both from me Thank you both so much for your time. It was a really interesting conversation. Really great to hear about the number of projects you've got going on. And I also find it really funny to like hear, like I just found the conversation funny and like, as well as being like deeply like complex. So like that balance was like really great. And I would, yeah, I can imagine spending a weekend in that kind of environment would have be like really fun and hard hitting at the same time, so. I would look forward to doing something like that in the future. But yeah, thanks so much. And if you want to write something, get in touch with them. And if you want us to give them money, give loads of money to them. <laughs> <laughs> that's, my, that's my takeaways from the conversation. Cheers, thanks a lot. Thanks once again to Dot and Dee from The Classwork Project. You can find out more about them at theclassworkproject.com. And on Twitter, they are the underscore class underscore work. This week we had music from Hack of All Trades, aka Liam from Resist Renew, and his song We Won't Leave You Alone. You can find him on Twitter at Hack of All Trades, and he's also on SoundCloud. Thanks as ever to Klaus for letting us use his song Neff for the outro song you're listening to now. And you can find out more about us at Resist and Renew, resistrenew.com. And if you want to support our work, we have a donate page on there. And of course, we're on all the socials, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. 
Thanks very much and see you next time.